welcome to the Station Tapes on 21 Soul. I'm your host, Lewis Marks, and on this podcast, I share intimate interviews with some of the best musicians in the world. In my role at Rope It Ope, I get to interview each artist as we prepare for the release of their latest record. I want to get the backstory, a sense of their intent and motivation around their new release. I've found that given the opportunity, in a relaxed setting, they feel free to open up about musicianship, life, and the challenges of being a professional musician. Last week, I had the chance to chat with Mr. Robert Bubby Lewis just before he headed out on the road with Joseph Leinberg. Originally from Flint, Michigan, raised in the church, Bubby found his way to Los Angeles and scored consistent gigs with Snoop, Dr. Dre, Stevie Wonder, and many more. Bubby has a super positive attitude, constantly thanking everyone around him. He'll even apologize for being so nice, which I find incredibly refreshing. His new single, Friends, just came out on Ropadope, and I'm certain he wins the What Genre Is That competition. All right, we are here with Mr. Robert Bubby Lewis. Mm-hmm. Bubby, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How about you? I'm good. We're here at the fake office, uh, getting closing out 2018, <laughs> getting ready for 2019, which is part of yeah. our, part of our story. I want to uh, read a couple things uh, that I found online to to start out, and um, let's start with Flint, Michigan. You you were born oh, yeah. in Flint. Yes, sir. Flint, Michigan, 1986. So tell me, you know, Flint seems to be one of those places on the news that uh, just about everyone in the country, if not the world, has heard of, right? <laughs> um, oh, yeah, for sure. World. And I think that everybody has a real quick quick definition. You know, it's based on sound bites rather yeah. than real stories from people from Flint. Can you describe what it was like well, growing up there? I mean, you know, me growing up, uh, here's the thing, man. Flint is... Yeah, I mean, a lot of what they say on the news about it is true. Yeah, the dangers and whatnot. But there's there's always another side of the coin. And, you know, people in Flint got it rough. Like, I feel like a lot of people that are there, you know, it's kind of designed for there to be this natural struggle. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I grew up in the suburbs, but all of my friends grew up in the hood. Mm. And, you know, everybody was obviously trying to get out. But then... As I got older, some people just kind of, you know, it's like the mindset. They just kind of wanted to survive in the hood. It wasn't necessarily the uh, thought of getting out anymore. It was just trying to survive. So I I have a special, a special place in my heart, <laughs> honestly, for Flint, man. That's my home. You know, I'm not ashamed of where I come from or, yeah, and it's, I think everything with this water situation, I think is pathetic. Um. Yeah. You know, but growing up, it was, I mean, some of the best times of my life, man. I learned, you know, everything I'm into now, you know, I, I figured it all out in Flint, you know, from music to all the other stuff I'm into, whether it's the nerd stuff, Star Wars or Japanese anime or whatever. Like, I, I learned who I wanted to be and what I wanted to be about growing up in Flint. And I'm a church boy, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor's kid. My whole family is from church, everybody, the cousins, everybody. And it was just, you know, it's, yeah, they say what they say on the news about Flint, but it's a lot of people like me that, in spite of all of the news stuff, it's like, it's great memories, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, uh, the first things I'm going to do is give back to my home when I get a chance, for sure. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I grew up right outside of uh, Camden, New Jersey, right? And I spent a lot oh, of yeah. teenage years uh, because my, my father had a factory in, in Camden. So mm-hmm. you know, as a teenager, uh, all the people that, w- that worked at the factory were from Camden. So I, you know, I, I certainly wasn't accepted in my hometown. Uh, so I just started hanging out. <laughs> but I found, I found interesting things. I, this, this, for me, it was in the late 70s and into the early 80s. And I found a real sense of uh, community. It might have been mm-hmm. a, like a hardened sense of community. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. that, that brotherhood and, and the code, I guess. Oh, yeah. You know? um, oh, yeah. That was present uh, in Flint, I assume. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We definitely had that. It was, uh, it, we're in the north, obviously, but that southern hospitality thing was definitely there. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. It was, it was really, really like, it was country. Flint was country at the time when I was growing up. Like, country music? <laughs> not just like the country vibe, like, you know, farmland and, Oh. Like, you know, it was just it was it was different when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? But um like we had one mall and like if you really wanted to like get dope clothes and all that kind of stuff and see things, you had to go to Detroit, you had to go to Arbor Hills and all that, which was a forty five minute drive, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. It it definitely had like this this really cool community like friendly vibe, you know what I'm saying? Mhm mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that. <laughs> how how much how much of it is left as as we, you know, the news likes to make it out that it's just all horrible now, you know. Um yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's not true. How, how much is I left? mean, it's got to be something left, man. You know, I still got some family that's there and, you know, yeah, a lot of people have moved on and whatnot, but yeah, I I don't know, like when I went there to visit let me see who did I, I was there. I think I went to Detroit a few years ago with Janae Iko and uh, me and my buddy, Julian, Julian was playing keys. He's a producer. Also, he, he was from Lansing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he grew up in Lansing, I think Michigan or something like that. But we drove together to Flint, you know, it was just straight at shot up the freeway. And I mean, just the vibe there, it still felt the same. Yeah. Like, and obviously, you could tell it was a lot more dangerous and whatnot. But aside from all of that, it's still, I still had like that nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. Now, granted, it's a grip of poverty and stuff. A lot of the businesses are boarded up. Stuff that I, you know, places I used to go when I was a kid, they no longer exist. And it's bars everywhere and stuff like that, you know. So that's that's the hurtful thing. But at the same time, you know, people are just trying to survive, man, honestly, you know. Yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways it's right on TV that that Flint is kind of like the, the you know the the poster of many of the things yeah. wrong uh, with the United States, and I think Michael Moore is yeah. also I think that everybody's watching. Yeah. So you oh, st- yeah. you started playing the bass, right? Is that is that your first instrument? I wanted to play the drums first. My sister played drums. My brother uh, he played bass and guitar and organ keyboard and whatnot i wanted to play drums i thought drums was dope uh-huh. and i she was like yeah go out and buy this cd dave weckle and all this kind of stuff so i yeah i was like okay cool but for the life of me i just i could not i can't do multiple things with different limbs i just <laughs> i can't do it like i could i could play a pocket but i was more fascinated with like you know i wanted to be dave weckle man i wanted to be 
Chris Coleman. I wanted to have licks and just be Virgil Donati and play all these crazy time signatures, but I just I can't physically do it. So yeah, I end up going to base after hearing a Dave Weckl Synergy record. I was listening to that and the the title track Synergy came on and Tom Kennedy did this dope bass solo and ever since then I was just like I don't care about the drums no more <laughs> and I picked up the bass and it was, that was it basically. Well, I want to ask you a question. So uh, Eddie Palmieri's, uh, you know, piano player says he's mm -hmm. basically a frustrated drummer. Uh, and so he, <laughs> it's kind of evident that he approaches the piano from a little bit of like he really wants to be banging on the drums. Do you, yeah. Is there any of that in your bass playing? Uh, timing wise, yes. Understanding different timing, like everything doesn't have to be 4-4 four four and, and just being able to appreciate you know, things that can be a little bit more technical. I mean, obviously, you know, it's fun to just lay down some funk or whatever, some R&B or whatever, but at the same time, if you sit down with Virgil Donati, he might be playing something that's in like 3, 7, 5, 11 timing with a pause after the 6, you know, like just random stuff. And at least I can kind of fall into that, and it's not like a – rocket science type of study for me i could just like okay yeah i get it so yeah i'm able to apply it but i part of me still is like dang but if you could just apply that mug to the drums <laughs> you know what i'm saying like but it's just not happening it's not it's well, over i'm sure you've had some i mean you've you've played with so many people here just i'll i'll, I'll drop some names uh, on your behalf here uh snoop dr dre lupe fiasco the game kim burrell clark sisters stevie wonder and so on and so forth did you find in each one of those situations that you had yeah i mean that rapport between the drummer and the and and the bassist is so important did did your desire and interest in drums kind of help that along oh know? yeah absolutely you know, I, I mean oh yeah i mean and i mean everybody knows the bass and the drums is like it's like Batman and Robin or two Batmans, rather. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Batman and Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Batman and Batman. Like, it's it's both are very important. So, I've been fortunate, man. Everybody that I've I've worked with, everybody, like, it's always been really, really dope drummers. I mean, you know that, and I think that that's really cool. That, you know, yeah, I wanted to play this instrument, but to be able to play with dope drummers that I may have listened to or I may have heard of and stuff like that. I, I love that, you know? Nice. Yeah. I want to take a moment and, and read a quote that you have uh, on uh, one website. Um, music is my life and I live my life through music. I want to evoke mm -hmm. a visual experience of my journey and be an avenue for the world to communicate with me. I've always appreciated mm -hmm. all genres and styles of music and I want to break the boundaries of music stereotypes. I want my mm -hmm. journey and my music to encourage people to never be afraid to take risks, no matter what mm -hmm. your type of career or hobby, business, art, cooking, fashion, whatever it may be, my hope is to encourage people to step outside of their comfort zone and explore new experiences. Mm -hmm. My question to you is, uh, do you have a comfort zone that you step outside or are you always, have you always been sort of a little bit outside? Well, I mean, I've, I've always, I've always kind of been like a member of the rebel army, I guess. Uh -huh. <laughs> Star uh -huh. Wars, Star Wars. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I've always kind of been that guy. And the reason why, man, here's the thing, especially when it comes to music. Um, to me, I'm not one of those guys that's like, 
you'll never hear me say something is wrong because somewhere in the world, that thing that you deem to be wrong, it may be highly appreciated. Mm. You know, like I'll, I'll just come from like a, from a Western theoretical, you know, term like, okay, we do most of the commercial and, and the mainstream music is composed based off of Western theory. So, you know, we're in America, everything is 440 Hertz, blah, blah, blah. But in Japan, it's 441. In India, it's everything. It's, and I mean, like each region of India has their own music theory and stuff like that. So to me, I look at it like, okay, I can't discriminate against India because they're not writing all their music with these chord changes that we live and eat and sleep and pray by over here. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I've just, you know, I don't know. And maybe, maybe that's just me, but I've just always been the guy where I want to, I just want to appreciate what everybody does. Even if it's something that I'm not really fond of. Heck, I hate mayonnaise. I think, I (laughs) think mayonnaise is, is the devil's sleep in his eye when he wakes up in the morning. But heck, if the, if, yeah, honestly, like it's it's almost eight billion people in the world, man. So it, it's obviously other people that love mayonnaise. So eat it, you know. If I don't want it, I just don't eat it. But can I discriminate against it? Nah, mm. you know. Then that's that's just me, you know. And and man, I dealt with so much coming out to California, like being a a young dude from Flint, Michigan, a, a city that everybody was like Flint, you know. And then. I like country music. I like rock music. I like punk rock. I like metal. I like math rock. I like Indian raga and, you know, Sufi and Kowali and J-pop, K-pop. I like jazz, all this different stuff. And there was a group of people when I moved to L.A. that was like, well, you don't want it. You don't want nobody to know that you listen to rock music because they ain't going to think you hip. And I was just like, dude, I don't care about that. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But obviously that was you know, 12, 13 years ago and times have changed. Now people have more of an appreciation for musicians that are versatile and that just, you know, appreciate different stuff, man. Everybody got different walks of life. And I'm just like, I just want to appreciate everybody for what they do. Even if it's not my cup of tea, it's just like, you know, do your thing, you know? I do. Yeah. And it's great. And I, I do think that this is a great time where people are realizing that. Um, I remember the first time it sort of made sense to me uh i was reading an article in thrasher magazine somebody mm. the guy was interviewing one of the members of the band the circle jerks mm-hmm. at his house and he pulled an lp out of the out of the collection and said and said really bro and yeah. the response was swift and furious he said f you nobody tells me what to yeah look. you know yeah so yeah that kind of opened my mind to like, oh, so it is okay, you know? Like, the, the music doesn't make you cool if you have a particular no. style. It's, you know, worldliness is worldliness, and that's what I sense and, you know, that, that you're expressing here. Um, Man. I, want, I want to talk about that. So your travels in that, you mentioned Japanese anime, comic books, video games. So is this kind of the... Oh, yeah. The, the, was that the gateway for you? You mentioned Star Wars to kind of get out into this larger human mindset instead of just from you know the base where you're from well yeah i mean obviously okay i grew up in church so all i was hearing was gospel music and funk and you know r&b like everything kind of urban but what what really opened my eyes man is 
obviously when I started listening to jazz and stuff and I was like, okay, you know, John Patitucci and, you know, Chick Corea Lecture Band and then my mind really was blown when I got a hold of Alan Holdsworth. I was like, okay, this guy is my hero and then Frank and Bali, he's my hero as well. So, you know, I, I just, you know, I just started listening to stuff and then my, my neighbors, they were Sri Lankan and I would walk in my, my best friend, uh, his house and his mom would be blasting this Bollywood music and all this kind of stuff. And when I was a kid, I used to laugh, but, and I, like, I wasn't even into music when I was a little kid like that, but I just, I've always had synesthesia since I was a kid. So I always would see stuff and, you know, I could be looking at stuff and start hearing all this weird stuff. So I always had like a fascination with things that were unfamiliar. And I think when my mind really, really cracked is when I started paying more attention to video game music and film score, you know, and, and film compositions and stuff like that. John Williams and Hans Zimmer, Alan Silvestri, like, you know, even on the video game side, Nobu Uematsu and the, I can't think of the lady and the guy named that do the Pokemon video game series, but like that stuff blew my mind because I was like, okay, there's no rules for this. And they're just, they're doing stuff that, that is really bringing out the emotion of the scene. Like it, it, it really takes something to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, okay, what if I could do that in real time? Like, what if I could play something in real time that makes somebody shed a tear or, or make somebody feel a certain way? That's what Alan Holdsworth did for me. That's what John Patacucci and Frank and Bali, that's what they did for me. Patacucci hit two notes, but put just the right amount of vibrato and I'll just be sitting there like emotional for the rest of the day. You know what I'm saying? I do, and for people who are listening, uh, I'm going to read the Wikipedia entry. Synesthesia is a perceptual phenomenon in which stimulation of one sensory or cognitive pathway leads to an automatic involuntary experience in a a second Mm -hmm. sensory or cognitive pathway. That's kind of a dry uh, definition. Thanks, Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, uh, one thing, you hear music or you see something and then you sense something else. A very physical uh yeah action. is that correct and and you see yeah, colors so, or yes exactly like for example now now for me there's mine is different there's some people that it's so severe that they can't even leave the house like they have to be in a plain white room or a very very dark room but for me i'm able to handle it it doesn't it doesn't affect me on a regular basis i can still just you know go out and chill, go hang out with the homies, take my wife and my daughter out, blah, 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 whatever. But yeah, all day long, I'm listening to people talk. I'm, it could, a car could drive by and I may see the color orange or it depends on whatever the key, you know, the, the tires on the ground, like all of that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it gives me a certain feeling and I see something and vice versa. You could play me a song and, you know, I might see a, vision or like a, a scenery or anything it, it's it's always different it always depends I could look at a shirt and I hear a chord or I hear a note or something like that but anybody could do it is I mean I've had it since I was a kid and I didn't really say anything about it as a kid because I thought people would think I was a lunatic I thought they would think I was nuts mm-hmm. you know I thought they would be like dude you need to go to a mental institute or something you know but as I got older, I was just like, no, nah, it's just, it's my imagination, really. 
You know what I'm saying? So anybody can do it if you just let your mind wander. <laughs> well, I think I, <laughs> it's to, that easy. To me, it, it feels like a, like a fine tuning. You know, it's a question of like, yeah. almost look at a radio dial. And once you, when, you, when you tune into it and you spend more time tuning into it, then uh, yes. you're, you're reaching a higher state of understanding. Uh, yeah, feeling, but it is, but it is definitely scary. Um, yeah, I noticed some weird things with myself. Like I, I, I'm, I always, whenever I did uh, numbers um, as a kid, mm. I always pictured a an actual uh, uh, timeline, and it wasn't mm. it wasn't straight one to a hundred. It kind of, you know, it went to three, and then it made, uh. a then it went to ten, and then it made a right. And then it went forward oh. up to 100. And then at 1,000, it turns left again, like these weird. Uh, That's interesting, man. And I had no idea until I was probably in my mid-30s, and I mentioned it to somebody that that, that was unusual, that, that everybody didn't. Yeah, that's a different type of, like, synesthesia, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy, man. Because the minute you said that to me now, I just kind of started visioning that. and But it makes sense to me. Like, it's it's not it's not alien to me. In other words, that mm -hmm. that's the way you saw it. Like I get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Okay. That, that's really dope. I've never heard nobody say that before. I just, ever. I think that a lot of people, um, you know, it's, you know, t t going back to the frequency thing, I, I, I think a lot of people look for, uh, you know, big experiences to try to connect to, you know, to, yeah. to get a little closer to that frequency, going out to the football, mm -hmm. everybody cheering at the same time, or you know, oh man, you know, everybody's kind of actively searching for uh, 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 um, to be more sensitive to to have that. Yeah, experience. and and it seems to me that you're saying that that you you pretty much have it all the time. Um, so I w I want to bring that forward then to your record. So I we have a single that's. Uh, coming out shortly called friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think, you know, clearly a lot of people when they first hear this song are going <laughs> to start with the compartmentalization right off the bat. And say, what yeah. is this thing? Right. Where does, oh, where, yeah. where does this belong? What, should I put that in the sock drawer or the, or the, Exactly. Should <laughs> I throw it in the trash? <laughs> Where does this go? Where does it work? Because that's the way the brain works, right? The, the, oh yeah, the oh yeah. Brain, the logical brain is going to try to attach this to other experiences, and yet what you're doing is saying, you know, forget all that. It doesn't, at least in my opinion, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. belong anywhere. So what is what is yeah? What does friends mean to you? Honestly, man, it, it, friends is just. It's just me putting my own life experience into a song. And and here's the other thing. Okay, it's 2018. The world has been dealing with a lot of stuff, not just America, but everywhere in the world. There's always something going on, some kind of disaster. Somebody is crying, hurting somewhere. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, man. I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe I should have been a Disney, you know, cliche, actor or something like that because this is going to sound really disney <laughs> what i'm about to say but mm -hmm. i feel like it would be irresponsible of, irresponsible of me i'll just speak for myself if i don't you know just try and give people a more positive perspective on how to deal with life you know what i'm saying i do that's not that's honestly it like you know 
I've been through a whole lot of stuff. Everybody has dealt with something, you know, when it comes to relationships with people, you know, everybody's been done wrong. If, if this was church, I'd say everybody been lied on, cheated, talked about and mistreated. Pastor Shirley Caesar, if I was to say that, but it's true. Everybody has. And, and all I want to say to people is like, it's all good. Just, you know, there's going to be people that treat you bad and there's going to be people that's going to be fake, but don't even waste time with those people on, on the, you know, at the same time as you have those people that are on the negative, you're going to have people in your life that really do care about you. So don't focus on the ones that don't focus on the ones that do. And that's initially, that's all I want to say to people is just never let anything come between you and your friends. Like, Mm -hmm. but Obviously, the song, like, I mean, I asked you this when I first sent it to you, like, what, I don't even, I didn't even know what genre to put it in, because it, it's a mixture of so many different things. Yeah, it has, like, that electronic vibe, the the pop vibe, but definitely this heavy alternative music vibe, but then, like, a little bit of fusion vibe, and then video game, and, you know, it's but it's just, it's just a collection of everything that I am, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just one. It's just a side of me, I guess. Uh, it, I guess that's the best way I could explain it. Yeah, and we still don't. We still don't know what genre to put it in. So we're going to abandon the concept altogether, uh, and, <laughs> and, and go with. Uh, you know, there there is something uh, strikingly familiar about it. The melody or something mm-hmm. like. Yeah. You know, uh, I, there's there's a comfort level uh, in, in the track. Um, yeah. I don't know if it reminds me of uh, maybe the Beatles or what it, what it is, you know? Yeah. Bill uh, Collins. I don't know. Yeah. Peter Cetera. <laughs> I have no, I like, I know I was definitely listening to a ton of eighties music while I was in the process of writing it. So, you know, um, what's, what's their name? Uh, Tears for Fears was like on repeat for some reason for like a month. I don't know why I just could not stop playing everybody wants to rule the world uh-huh. and even though friends doesn't sound anything like that and i was listening to a ton of peter satara i was listening to a ton of uh phil collins and genesis and stuff like that so for some reason it has like this 80s vibe but at the same time it's got like I don't know, like an alternative vibe, but like you said, we don't, I still don't really know if, if I had to just say something, it would probably be alternative electronic pop. I don't know. We're, I have we're, no idea, yeah, we're, we're going to throw that away. We're just, gonna, we're not going to let everybody yeah. listen to it as music. And I think the most important yeah. thing is the message that you're, that you're trying to put out. You know, yes. we've talked a lot about the mind and about, uh, uh, yes. having new experiences and, and integrating those and connecting them with your own yes. experiences and, uh, but also having control of your perspective. Uh, it's yeah. all about how you process it. You know, like you said, you know, you it, it people, all starts with us. Yeah. You thought people would think you were crazy and yet at, at the end you were just in tune. Right. So yep. people can adjust their perspectives, uh, in these challenging times, I think, uh, Mm-hmm. I'm not, uh, you know, I've been going through a little bit of that process myself about, you know, it's really cool. The more negative, uh, that comes your way, mm-hmm. if you can turn it, uh, and, and respond with positive, uh, Man. then that is a great process for any individual to, to be involved in because the negative to me, that's the, that's the definition of Liberty, man. Like that's true freedom. When you can take 
something so bad and just look at it from a different angle. You know, that's like your your mind is really free at that point. Amen. I hear that. So this is oh, yeah. this is leading up to a uh, full length release. We hope in uh, 2019. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And um, wh where are you now, so people can see you out on the road? Um, who who are you performing with over the next you know three to six months? Well, so I actually got to leave uh, next week. This was super last minute. I got to leave next week with uh, trumpet player Joseph Weinberg. Wow. Um, so funny and random how it happened. He's He's been a buddy of mine. I've known him ever since I started playing with Snoop like 11 years ago. Um, we did some stuff back then. And randomly last year, DJ Battlecat hit me and was like, hey, Joseph Lineberg is trying to link with you. He wants you to come play on his new record. So I was like, Joe Lineberg? Really? I ain't seen this dude in, you know, eight years or whatever it's been. And me and him linked up, and I played on a grip of songs for his record. And nice. went out to Japan, came back, and last week, out of nowhere, he wrote me and was like, man, I'm having some trouble. You know, my bass players, they're not available. You know, are you in town? And I was just like, yeah, I'm here. And they got my visa stuff situated, so we got to go to Europe uh, just for like three weeks. But it's going to be really fun, man. Like, Joseph's music is so dope, and you know, it's it's going to be cool, man. It's going to be cool to, to you know, get a chance to play with him live. Like, obviously, I love working in the studio with him. Um, even on the, you know, the hip-hop stuff, I love that. It's funny, the, the last time I worked with him before last year, we were actually working on a song for Nate Dogg. So this was before Nate Dogg died. And I had to play fretless on the song and Nate had already came to the studio and laid his vocals and all that kind of stuff. And then I went out on tour with Snoop and maybe a few tours later, Nate had passed away and I was just like, wow. So this song is just sitting right now. Wow. It's, wow. it's the craziest thing. I hope he releases it one day. Like that'd be amazing just for people to hear it because it was really, really different for Nate. It was super different, very musical, like, it it would have made so much sense today, you wow. know, like right now with like how the music that Joe did for Kendrick Lamar and, you know, you got all of those guys, like the way music is kind of, is giving you like this nostalgia of like Tribe Called Quest and all that kind of stuff, how music is, some of the music, not all of it, but some of the hip hop is kind of going in that direction again. Yep. It It really reminded me of that, you know. And taking it forward, but, uh, I might add, you know. Yeah, really yeah, good. absolutely. Well, man. For sure. Bobby, it is, I want to thank you uh, first for uh, bringing great music to us, but I want to thank you personally for having such a refreshing perspective on life and uh, and for being yourself, you know, and I, I urge people mm. listening to this to dive in uh to follow there are all kinds of interesting things uh on on your social media uh from the serious bass stuff to uh pokemon um, so, you know, everybody everybody dig in and see the many worlds of uh bubby lewis and uh thank you hey, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna end it on pokemon and thank you thank you for being you all right man Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm I'm honored to talk to you always, man. Honestly, thank you for everything. I mean it from the bottom of my heart.
Beautiful. In the most Disney way I could put it. <laughs> Disney is what you get. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks for tuning in to The Station Tapes. If you like what we do, please subscribe on Mixcloud at 21 Soul. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google, and wherever else pods are cast. Our video interview series is available on YouTube at Ropadope99. And you can find out more about the artists we speak with at Ropadope.com. Our show is produced by Nick Perry. Our theme song is from Red Hook Soul by saxophonist Michael Blake. You can find more of that at michaelblake.bandcamp.com or on your favorite streaming service. And finally, thanks to all of you who keep the flame burning for independent quality music. To the musicians who pour their creativity into the world, and to those of you who are taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoy the show.